Welcome to Reboot and Rewind, a podcast in which we talk about our favorite movies and TV shows and the reboots that are bound to happen. I'm Rachel. And I'm Ty. And let's rewind back to 2005 and watch Twilight. What you talking about, Will? You got it, dude. You little nasty. You better hold on tight, spider monkey. So Ty, how have you, how has your week been going? Uh, great. I got to see fireworks. Um, as people know, I love a good firework. Yes. And I have multiple hot dogs and multiple hamburgers, you know. All at once? Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you got, you know, this is the time to be, you know, fruitful. It, it, yes. it was great. It was great. Um, but who doesn't love not really necessarily the holiday, but just a time that you can, you know, drink an ice cold beer and just, you know, eat food and watch great fireworks. But I also finished a project. So. Oh, crochet project? Yes. I made a wreath cool. out of pom Yes. It's very cute. It looked very nice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, how about you, Rachel? How, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm... Um... <sighs> creating money making thriving (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it i love this um this sounds like a good like aspirational thing to say in the morning manifestations yeah i've been working on my digital portfolio and i put under my name i said educator writer creator and i about (laughs) gagged i was like i can't believe that's who i've become But yeah, I've been I have I've been having a good week. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've actually got two of our really good friends here today. They are we're the four of us are in a book club together. So um, you know, ride or dies. Uh, we talk every week, and even though we are all in different cities. Um, but I'll go ahead and bring them in so they can talk about how they've been. Uh, we've got Cammy and Nicole. <laughs> Hi, y'all. How's it going? Thanks for having us. Thank you for being here to talk about one of our favorite movies. Glad to finally be invited. Look, I hang out with you every Sunday, and now I get to be on your podcast. I feel like I'm really cool now. <laughs> How have you guys been? I'm doing good, doing good. Happy to be back on the podcast. <laughs> yes, you were here for The Nanny. The yeah. Nanny. Yeah, listeners, go back and check that out. The Fran Fine of the group. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, the, the, this movie is, a something that I think all of us, uh, remember from our childhoods for those people though, who don't remember it as well as we do. Ty, can you give us a little bit of a description of Twilight? Sure. So the Twilight Saga is a vampire themed fantasy romance novel series, (laughs) um, written by Stephanie Meyer. Um, it was released from 2005 to 2008, and the main series of books follow Isabella, aka Bella Swan, um, a girl who moves to Forks, Washington um, from Phoenix, Arizona, and falls in love with a 104-year-old vampire named Edward Cullen. The books has been adapted into movies by Summit Entertainment from 
2008 to 2012, um, with the book Breaking Dawn being released as two films. The movie franchise raked in $3.3 billion in the box office, making it one of the most profitable franchises around, number 18 to be exact. Number 18 is in? 18 top movie franchises. Oh, wow. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, especially since there's only five movies where, like, all the other ones, a lot of the other ones have, like, yeah. more than 10. Like I the bet Marvel Star film. Wars is in, like, the top five, right? Yeah, it's, like, James Bond, of course, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Harry Potter, um, and stuff like that, which have way more than five. So it did it yeah. with just five. Yeah. I mean, it definitely helps that they, like, had a book series that, like, mm-hmm. blew teenagers' minds uh, <laughs> to, to start it off with. But I'll let our guests, uh, Cammie and Nicole, how, what's your general opinion of Twilight when you first saw it? Like kind of what's your relationship with the series? Hate to love it, love to hate it. <laughs> you know, I couldn't put the books down. Like mm-hmm. when they started coming out, you know that I was sitting in my couch in middle school reading every single one of them. Um, but then the movies came out and I was just like, they're a little cringe, but I'm still watching them. Always committed to watching it, even though I, some of it was a little cringy yeah very similar I feel like I I'm trying to think I don't think I read them until the first movie came out but had several friends who were into them and so started reading them couldn't put them down went to see the movies like you said love to hate it hate to love it but (laughs) I was in there you know I've seen them far far too many times Um, so I can't can't lie about that but <laughs> they yeah, this is probably always hold a special place in my heart. <laughs> it's when you said like going to the movies, I think this is like the first, uh, the one series that I can remember going to every single one of these movies in the theaters, waiting for the next one to come out and being there. And I remember the audience reactions to certain scenes, yes. um, but definitely because of that, I think holds a, a, a lot of nostalgia, definitely a lot of like aesthetic appeal to them too every time i think of like fall and drinking a bottle of wine i'm like twilight movies would go great with that it's got washington like aura around it just mm-hmm. the the trees the fog the rain it's all of it just like yes it appeals to all the fall girls you know everybody who's just oh, yeah. like all right pulling out the boots here's the apple cider gotta watch some twilight pumpkin spice yeah, like how much of an effect did that have on us all going to college in the mountains? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And it, I feel about Twilight the way that Rachel feels about Glee, where it's problematic. We all know it. I will talk blue in the face about how bad Twilight is, but do I still like every couple of years go back and read those books? Yes. Do I like sit down? I'm like, oh, I don't know what I want to watch. Do I pop in New Moon? Yes, I do. New Moon. New Moon's my favorite. Well, that's a go-to for any Team Jacob for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am Team Jacob. Um, yes. So maybe, so maybe we should go around and say what team were you on? Because which was very important in our. <laughs> middle school days as someone who spent too much time on tumblr so as <laughs> i already said i am team jacob anyone with half a brain is team jacob oh, <laughs> I, 
we're divided. So Cammy, Nicole, what are you guys? <laughs> you came in guns blazing. <laughs> I was definitely fighting words. <laughs> I was not. I was not here. Well, at the time they came out, I was definitely Team Edward. Um, so just putting that out there. I, I was fighting as an adult, however. I could not condone this 17-year-old girl being with a 109-year-old man <laughs> So, you know, as an adult, I'm, I'm probably on that, that werewolf shapeshifter lifestyle. <laughs> oh, see, I, teenage me, was Team Edward all the way, okay? Here I am. Um, adult me is Team Charlie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. The dads of this movie. <laughs> okay, justice for Charlie and Carlisle because, oh, yeah. frankly, they are the best male characters. So, yeah. 100%. Adult me is Team Charlie, but teenage <laughs> me was Team Edward with no shame. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely, I could tell that, like, especially when I was rewatching them for this, and I was like, I was like, Jacob and Edward, okay. And then I was like, Charlie? <laughs> Carlisle? Charlie and Carlisle, Carlisle, both of them. I was like, wow, I can tell how much I've aged that the dads are catching my interest. Really? This movie. But really? both both of them are like, whew. Mm-hmm. And they're just so like kind of collected and like and just Charlie, that actor that like played such a good dad. Just like uh not really knowing how to act at all times. Um yeah, definitely Carlisle and Charlie both. I mean of course, with like all the major quotes are like ingrained in my brain. But when Charlie told Bella that you need to, sometimes you just have to love the things that are good for you. I was like, yes, that advice. Yep. Give her the advice. Edward is trash. Do not yeah. go back to him. But yeah, I have a, I know like on like TikTok and stuff, there's like a really big team Alice. Like people really wanted Bella and Alice to get together. I was not that person. Um, but there's there I was like, look, you know, everything flows to their boat. Um, but Alice had Jasper. Yeah, I was gonna That's what I said. She was in love with Jasper, but you know And we love Jasper. No, no, we don't. Don't put me his life. Jasper fought for the Confederacy, so <laughs> <laughs> yes he did i like him with alice though i think they were like a really balanced yes. pair mm-hmm. stephanie could have definitely made some changes as to who he fought okay for <laughs> why, why why intentionally write that in why he, yeah he could have been a union soldier if you want to make him that old but why make him a confederate soldier but also why would you put it in the movies like like this is where the books versus the movies kind of come into play because I don't know if you guys know, but like if you read a lot of the Sophie Meyer stuff and you read the um, illustrated guide to the Twilights, really interesting because it's like for like character development too, because like it shows like how all of them like died and like became vampires, which is interesting because Esme she's like everyone had like very tragic deaths and i guess that's just like vampire lore in general but and also their heights are also really interesting like esme is only supposed to be like five two and alice is supposed to be four ten i'm like where did they get these heights like where are these heights coming from but yeah that was just my um thing and also especially with the books versus the movies like how like she portrayed like the quilu tribe and i know like there's division about Twilight within within that like space because some people say like she kind of portrayed them as savages, which is very true because like um, 
they were like hot tempered and which is very much about werewolves but then they always like well vampires are refined and things like that so it's kind of like that weird juxtaposition but then also people say that it brought money into the tribe because people go and tour forks and they come to the reservation and like they go see like things so they're and buy like gifts and trinkets and stuff so i guess it's like a double-edged sword about that's interesting though the the kind of when you stated like that it's it's like it's portraying the werewolves like savages just because they're hot tempered i would say watching the movies back i think Hmm. it's almost like they're kind of more portrayed as the general good guys while the vampires because the colons are like refined because they Hmm. don't eat people but the other vampires are very clearly bad like very bad people um, and vicious and like heartless when it comes to killing their their prey. And it's constantly showed as that. So I would say it's interesting to apply the word refined to the vampires when I, I, I didn't catch more, that. I, I think it's more, maybe more in the books, but just like talking about like their bad smell and when Rosalie feeds like Jacob in a dog bowl, you have to look at the lighting. Like you're talking about Native Americans and you're yeah. talking about them being like quick tempered and literally they, they call them savages multiple times in the books. So that's a little mm, iffy to me. Fair enough. I think also the Volturi were mostly described as like, you know, just so refined. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, yeah. I, what I would have thought when thinking of the descriptions of the vampires, definitely mm-hmm. just the Volturi and the Collins. But I think you're right, Rachel. I, I, I wouldn't have remembered that from the books because the movie did such a good job of just showing mm-hmm. like the difference between the quote vegetarian um, vampires and the rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even the Volturi, like in the movies are like evil, um, especially like Jane and, and Arrow. Um, mm-hmm. You can, you can like see the savagery behind everything they do and think. Um, and they're kind of like, uh, ulterior motives and stuff um so i think it's just like when you see that like very clear villainous um Mm -hmm. portrayal in the movies and then the werewolves are so very like for the people and doing what's Mm -hmm. right for the to protect people and stuff it's just it's it's clearly good good versus evil but i can kind of see what you're saying ty with the the um dog-like comparison being a little problematic maybe i just reread like i reread all of them recently like within the last year so maybe I just, my 22, like, I would not have picked up on any of that stuff when I was 11. <laughs> but, you know, at 25, 26, I picked it up, like, really quickly. So it could just be me reading it into 2022 and not in, like, a 2005, you know, mindset. So that could be it, too. <laughs> the things change, you know, like, yeah. the way that you look at it. And just also just the time that we're in. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I take a little bit things more sensitive, but it could also be true as well. So, yeah. Well, that's something I experience when I go back and see uh, uh, Bella and Edward's relationship through through nowadays eyes. And that's it surprises me when I hear people are team Edward were team Edward, because I think it's just so their their relationship is so obsessive. And um, Edward is very controlling in the beginning. And they're just like watching her sleep. And the the fact that like after her fourth conversation with him, she goes, I remember the quote. It's like, one thing I knew for sure, I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him. <laughs> it's like, you're 16 or 17, you're 17. And you've had four conversations with this guy. 
I, I don't, it's, does it, it's so obsessive and it's uncomfortable. And I think when you look at it kind of from nowadays, it's just like, it's a little too much. Um, and I know it's supposed to be romantic, but it just doesn't sit right. Yeah. It's a lot too much. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what always seems sweeter about Bella and Jacob is because they were friends first and like built this really solid foundation and you could, them falling in love makes sense. I, I will say though, rewatching them, I rewatched all of them like in the last two days <laughs> <laughs> and rewatch, I had a day off work. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody in that movie tries to tell Bella what to do with her body. Like everybody. And while there are issues <laughs> with how quickly she fell for Edward, if Bella had it her way from the beginning, we wouldn't have had none of these problems. We wouldn't have had none of these movies. She would have been a vampire. She would have been safe. <laughs> she would have been with the man she loved. So, you know, there are issues there. But I just like watching it. It was like Edward's telling her she can't be a vampire. Jacob's telling her she shouldn't be a vampire. Like, Everybody was saying, Bella, no, Bella, no, Bella, no. And I'm like, Bella, no. Like, she knew what she wanted from the jump. Yeah. <laughs> I think the difference for me was that, like, obviously, Edward's incredibly problematic. I, I'm not fighting that. <laughs> but, like, Edward has been telling her she shouldn't do it yet. Or kept, they all mm -hmm. kept telling her to wait or to appreciate her humanity. But he was trying to make her, like, not make a rash decision about it. Um, versus Jacob just telling her not to just because he personally thought it was wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, like Edward in his incredibly dumb and twisted way was trying to give her an option, like a choice, like letting her live out her life before making that decision. But Jacob was just being like, no, not for you, um, which mm -hmm. felt like it was belittling, belittling her opinion more yeah. than what Edward was doing. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of that with Jacob, I think, to an eclipse when you saw Jacob was very like, <laughs> possessive and, like saying like, I, I can't I can't let you go in there or I can't protect you there. And it's like, I, she, I think she's shown that she can kind of take care of herself. <laughs> um, and it's it's a little much. It's a little much, um, especially uh, since it's like you really ha like, especially when he hasn't talked to her for weeks and like has been avoiding her. And then is suddenly like. I can't let you do this. It's like, well, nobody asked you. <laughs> so I can definitely see that turn off with Jacob too. I mean, I, as a poor Jacob, well, not poor Jacob because he, because I always have to remember that he's what, two years or at least a year and a half younger than Bella. Mm -hmm. So I'm mm -hmm. like this 17 year old boy is like, I will, you know, go to the place in the sky if you do this and i was just like no we do not do that we do not we do not put our bodies as ultimatums we do not do that jacob listen and i feel like and that's why i hated reading breaking dawn because if they would have just let him be okay with like letting her go and then that was a, and that was this this the end of the story like they became friends and you know he goes and marries somebody else or he goes and influence on somebody else instead of <sighs> just like <laughs> and then but then they're like no like they have they have to do that weird 
because Harry Potter did the same thing. Like now they're all related. It's like, why? Like, why do we do that? Like, <laughs> we, do we do we need this to happen for it to be a nice story that they all happen to be related now through marriage and whatever? Like, come on. No, the answer is no. It didn't have to be this way. Yeah, Jacob definitely did not have to imprint on a baby um, oh in the last no. book. But yeah. I think I think there were two reasons for it. It was one to like to to kind of give Jacob that uh, here's the reason he's being so connected and now he can be a part of all this. But I think also it it kind of was good plot armor for the baby because now the wolf tribe can't attack the baby, even mm. though the baby might be a threat because now it's safe. Um, so it was kind of a good uh, thing for that. Yeah. But that's that's something that would definitely not work in in 2020 perspective uh is you can't you cannot have a 17 year old boy imprinting on a baby because even i think they try to explain it in the books where it's not like that i I don't it's not romantic yet and then it's like as soon as she's of age it'll be romantic that's not okay we have a word for that today and that's called grooming um and it's like uh, that's yeah you can't do that they didn't need to make that happen for him. They could have given him an age-appropriate love interest outside of Bella. There's a whole part in Breaking Dawn, the book, where mm-hmm. it's from his point of view, he's off on his own. And he's trying to find someone to imprint on. Uh, so he had a life outside of that. He really could have found someone else. Yeah, it was it was weird because it's like they say the whole protector thing and then literally, what, 30 minutes later, it's like he's talking to Edward like, oh, should I call you dad now? And it's like... And the vision. Is this what you're saying? Because this doesn't sound like this is what, like, this doesn't connect. Right. So you're already imagining, like, marrying this baby. (laughs) Alice's vision. Alice's vision of them being together on the beach or whatever. And then Edward smiling at that, like, being like, you know what? I love that you're going to take care of my baby all the way through. No, that's not okay. (laughs) Was there ever a mention of imprinting on someone and that person not like returning affection or not well there was discussion of because paul no quill one of the others also imprints on a young child and Mm -hmm. bella asks about it and jacob says well basically he's gonna be someone who was there for her at every point in her life he's a mentor he's a he's a brother and then by the time she gets old enough how could she not love him back that's the, their explanation for it. It's like, and it's like, yes. that's grooming. That's grooming. Exactly. <laughs> that makes it even worse. Yeah. Yikes. Yep. So that's definitely something that would not work nowadays, for sure. Oh. Well, outside of like the, you know, the main trio, Edward, Bella, Jacob, and like the dads we mentioned, are there any other characters you guys really like or dislike? I don't. I liked rosalie in the beginning i mean yes she was a little bit of a bitch but but i could see kind of where she was coming from a little bit but then they kind of like not ruined her character in midnight sun but it's like it gave everything a superficial outlook to it like she doesn't like bella because she was meant to be with edward like that's weird because she's in love with emmett so like i'm just confused about how this all works um and also, like, I would have loved to see a mini of her going around murdering these men. Like, that would have been the... Well, they showed that in the movies. Yeah, but I want to see a full, full, like, oh, okay. movie of her. <laughs> when she runs mur- in and she's in her wedding dress and she's got yeah. her red eyes and the guy's, like, cowering in the corner and she goes, I guess I was in a theatrical bag then. It's like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. That would have been a... <laughs> that would be fun. Um, but I also like Alice, mm-hmm. you know... I think her high school friends are 
hilarious and i feel like if this was like real life they will always just like get together like every like couple of years like remember when bella remember our friend bella like what is going on with yeah. her it looks the same <laughs> they really that group had a whole entire friendship outside of bella bella oh, was yeah. never around them they just they progressed in their lives jessica became valedictorian <laughs> um like angela and eric i'm sure had a great relationship they probably ended up married later yeah. in life um, the problem with Anna Kendrick's character for me, Jessica, Anna Kendrick played her so well and she was such a good character because she was such a fake friend, clearly mm-hmm. like a passive aggressive kind of queen bee bitch. Um, and so, so I don't like that personality, but I love the character and how the character was done because it's such a good character to have. Um, Even during their wedding. <laughs> well, I mean, she goes, I she mean. goes, uh, like, <laughs> How long do you think before she pops or like has the baby or something or how well she thinks she'll be showing, showing her. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> then like, in the toast she was like talking about how you know bella was all about edward and then all of a sudden edward's all about bella even though she's not the captain of the <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i love it i love it you need someone like that though you need someone like that though yeah and every time, every time she was in a scene, Anna Kendrick stole that scene. Like yeah. she was just so good in that role. Uh, so I have to appreciate that role, but then also like, I'm not going to say Jessica yeah. was my favorite character or was one of my favorite <laughs> characters just because she's clearly not a good person. Mm-hmm. I think Alice was always one of my favorite yeah. characters. Um, yeah. And then going back, as we've said, the dads, like I'm oh like, gosh. Charlie, like I have a problem with my 17 year old she just running around the world going I know and all the time I really love that he got I mean it's developed more in the books but that he gets his relationship in the end with Sue Clearwater and then he kind of finds happiness in that I I appreciate that he gets that relationship so even when Bella leaves he can still have someone in his hat like in his life and have warmth in his life and stuff not just someone but like a clear water because also that means that she's in on the supernatural world yeah. so yeah. it was probably an easier transition for charlie even though he can't know everything to have someone with him that is able to that under, help him yeah. navigate that mm-hmm. um, two children both of her children were in <laughs> yeah, <laughs> were werewolves. yeah yeah and no, I, think- I love i love the dads too mm-hmm. um but i love emmett Emmett, you know, yeah. book Emmett and movie Emmett. He was just like, you know what? She's part of the back. And he is like the yeah. most no fuss, supportive, like, I'm here for yeah. you, here and make the jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love Emmett. He's well, a great older brother character, too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because like, and this was and and when we go into like reboot and reimaginings and stuff like that, this is one thing weirdly about in Midnight Sun is he was just like, eat her. I don't know what to tell you. Like <laughs> he really did tell, <laughs> tell Edward like, just to, he's like, well, kill her and we can just move or something. So I like, just get out of your system, dude. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> he's going. That's his thing. Yeah. He's like, he's not going to, he's someone who's going to sit there and stress over things. He's like, well, if you, if you want to kill her, then kill her. And we'll just <laughs> like, we'll just deal with that. Um, and so but that's the fun part of him but then he was just as willing to go along once edward was like actually i'm not gonna do this like i actually love her it was like okay she's one of the family now whatever dude <laughs> this time he wasn't what is up and i, I get it <laughs> right but he was fully he was just like killer immediately <laughs> he was like all and right it really sings to you like that this it's gonna be great i promise <laughs> But besides relationships and people, what is like your favorite scenes or parts of of 
the Twilight Saga. Of course, the first one is the baseball scene. Here's the thing, though. I really liked that when I first saw it, but I think the fact that it is everybody's favorite scene now and everybody talks about it, now I'm kind of like, I don't know, the luster is lost for me. Oh my God, stop being that person. But I will say, though, I really like the scene where she's like sitting in front of the window and it passes the four months and the camera rotates around her and like it plays that song and you see the seasons changing in the Mm -hmm. window. I think that's so smart. That's such a, that's a good piece of cinematography. Um, Even though it's like her lowest point, I think it's a really good scene. It is. So, and that's a commonly talked about scene too. So I'm really basic with that, but just the baseball scene has lost it for me. I think with the circle, like when like you just see it, it, it imagine like the book because in the book it literally it only says November. Like like it just says yeah. no, it's like it's the whole page. Yeah, yeah. it's a blank page with just yeah. the month on it. That's smart yeah, too. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites. I rediscovered while watching them all is in um I think it's New Moon when she finds out about the werewolves and so like Jacob's been ignoring her she goes over there he's sleeping she looks out the window and sees like Sam and the pack walking towards her she runs outside gets all up in his face and it sets off Paul I think yeah she slaps him. she punches Paul in the jaw no, yeah <laughs> And so he turns it, he changes, right? Turns into the werewolf. And then she is booking it. She's screaming. She's like, run! And because Jake comes out and she's like, run! Jake, run! <laughs> and you see him jump over her and phase, like, yeah. off the fly, as they say. That was a great scene. It's hilarious. Like, yeah. she like, terrified. And I'm like, yeah, girl, like... <laughs> oh, you don't call it. Punching people in the face. Like, and I love the scene that follows that when she kind of goes to Emily's house and the the kind of they're, they're just acting like brothers and Jake and Paul come in just like shoving each other and laughing as if they didn't just get into a massive fight. Yeah. And it's just like you can really feel the like the warmth and brotherhood mm-hmm. of the tribe in that moment. And it's such a different feeling uh, from the Colin household when everyone feels rigid and on edge. It's like you it feels like they are. I mean, I'm not saying the Colins aren't a family because they do act like a family, but it's the the tri- the the um werewolves the pack they like really act like brothers and Mm -hmm. just you can feel that that playfulness and and that's just it's a fun atmosphere and that's the first time she's fully in that group yeah Um, and that's cool to see and i love um bella is so awkward just in general and that's (laughs) like the big description of all of her and so there's a lot of like really funny awkward scenes but i'm really fond of the honeymoon because she didn't pack anything for herself and so yeah. she's opening the suitcase and just being like, damn it, Alice. It's just all this like, like really skimpy lingerie. <laughs> doesn't know what to put on, goes to like shave, like brushes her teeth. It's a literal mess because that was honestly probably the most realistic like teenagers just being like, oh shit, I just got married and I'm a little too young and I have no experience with anything. So what the hell do I do? Um, yeah. I love the funny oh, process of like to, she brushes her teeth and then she's like, okay. And then she splashes her face with water. And then she splashes her arm. She's like, well, I might as well just take a shower at this point. <laughs> Especially, I think it doesn't relate as much in the movies, but in the books, it's like, you, you can really see. It's like, well, I just did this. I might as well do this. I might as well do this. And it just stacks up into whole. She ends up taking a shower, brushing her hair out, like shaving her legs, flat ironing. It's like, it takes her like three hours. And Edward's just been out in the ocean this whole time. Uh, so that's, that's a funny scene. I, I agree with you on that. But um, also, um, Bella, when 
um, she finds out that Jacob imprinted on her daughter and just goes <laughs> out, like, screaming. Yeah. And he's like, you nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster? <laughs> like, everybody enjoying just Bella being super strong and, like, kicking Jacob's butt after she wakes up. That was also amazing. Yeah. Probably the way, best. The way that was filmed, too, like, how it transitions from part one to part two with her eyes opening and being mm-hmm. red and then, like, her first, like, couple minutes being a vampire in the movie I loved that that depiction like how she's seeing the dust particles and like tiny things in the painting across the the on the other side of the wall you know yeah this is a funny petty I guess she wasn't being petty but it sounded petty in my mind when she was like I'm gonna name him if it was a boy I'm gonna name him EJ after Edward Jacob and I laughed and they were like well that's okay but what about the girls (laughs) terrible name and they're all like oh okay (laughs) like that is like you think like edward jr like that's what i was thinking in my Mm. mind when i was reading it and no edward jacob it is hilarious it's like now you name him after your two little i know can you imagine growing up and then you ask your dad like how you got your name and then your dad has to say well so you're named after me and then your mom's side piece (laughs) (laughs) when i like when i like abandoned her for seven months which is something i also want to talk about is that i forget that the whole series it's like only a year and a year and a half, half is and the he was purpose. gone yeah. for seven months yeah <laughs> in that year and a half he was gone in seven months i know which what? makes charlie's anger and confusion so much more understandable too. <laughs> oh yeah 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 i forgot it was seven months that he was gone because in the movies they don't really do a great job of t- like explaining the time well, the seasons mm-hmm. change yeah yeah the seasons change and like things like prom happens and that kind of thing but like i i couldn't tell from watching the movie i was like how long has he been gone like <laughs> yeah like, like pretty much all of t- from new moon to breaking to breaking dawn part one is all her senior year like yeah. It, it yeah. literally like it's literally just senior year and because the first twilight is from march to prom (laughs) and eclipse happens within weeks like eclipse is so short time wise Mm. so like when you think about it that way it's like she only knew him for maybe maybe without like nine months (laughs) with if you take out the seven months that he was gone that was her soulmate but it'd be really awkward if after she's a vampire she finds out well actually you know Edward's not really for me. I, I guess I'll just roam the earth forever looking for someone else. Yeah, it is, every time I think about it, it's just mind-boggling. But it just makes, like, like, Jacob and all of them are so like, what is it with him? Like, it hasn't been that long. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it would have been funny if, like, I feel like if an adult made this show, like, like if it was about adults, like, if they got together and then like if Jacob didn't imprint on Renesme, then like she would have broke up with Edward for a while and then go and like gallivant with Jacob and then come back to Edward. I I like if it, it was I feel like because I I read too many and watched too much True Blood because that's what would happen <laughs> on True Blood. <laughs> okay, but my argument is that it would remain as insane because I don't know yeah. if you've read the entire like Old Souls series, like the Discovery of Witches and stuff. Mm-hmm. I it'd been a while since I've watched the Twilight movies, and so I as I was rewatching them this week, 
I kept thinking of things that were going to happen and they did. And the only reason I remembered them is because it happened in this other series. Like the All Soul series is basically Twilight for adults. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. Like, you know, a couple who doesn't know each other for very long just decides to like fight the entire world and overcome the most insane things because they believe that they're meant to be together. And I was like, there's other people in the world. Um, <laughs> so I think it would have been the same, honestly, if, if Edward and Bella had been older. Hmm. I don't, I think if it was in college, I think it would have been a little bit different. I, think it would have been- her, I mean, her school life didn't really affect any of this. We never saw her in school. I mean, in the books yeah. we saw her more in school, mm-hmm. but like, it's like, did she even do her homework? So I feel like this was all happening. If she was in college, I feel like it would have looked exactly the same. Yeah. Um, it would have been less creepy, um, yeah. I think, because she would have been more of an adult. So maybe that's what it is. Yeah. But yeah. You know, I was just thinking of a, my, my other favorite scenes. And you mentioned the baseball scene. And, and I thought of the montage at the end of Twilight. And I realized that a lot of my favorite scenes like are the ones where they utilize the soundtrack really well. Because the montage at the end of the first movie where they have the song that Robert Pattinson wrote and sung uh, called like Can You Sign or something is so well done over that montage of like the vivid images of their of their relationship and stuff. And that's I think it's the baseball scene for the same reason, because you hear Muse, Supermassive Black Hole. And I think it having a really strong soundtrack really makes a lot of those scenes more memorable and more nostalgic for us because we remember the songs, too. Mm-hmm. And if you know a little bit about Stephanie Meyer, you know how she Muse played a lot, a big part of her when she was writing the books and like My Chemical Romance and stuff. So you can definitely see that in in the music. Um, Decode by Paramore. I listen to it every, like, like, like I listen to it like it just came out. Like it's just a great soundtrack. And I think it also introduced at that time where indie wasn't that big, like in that like, cause I feel like in the nineties grunge and alternative was very much on the, like on the rise, but I think during 2008, like it was all about pop. It was all, you know, big Beyonce and all that stuff. So I think it brought back a little bit of that indie nostalgic music that it was missing in the airwaves. But I think we talked about this a little bit before, like with Discovery Witches and True Blood. I feel like there, because of Twilight, there was a big rise in supernatural media. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to be talking about a couple of them in our like supernatural like series and stuff, especially like Teen Wolf and The Vampire Diaries. I think those things would not have been made if Twilight wasn't a thing. And also like True Blood, um, Vampire Academy a little bit because those books technically, I guess, came out before that. But like the movies and stuff came out during that time because they're like, oh, if people like this vampires, we're going to have this vampires. But I don't know. What do you think made Twilight so special, though? Because those things are popular, but they weren't as popular as Twilight. Do you think because it was the first one or do you think there was something about Twilight that made it? It might have also been the watchability, though, because the Twilight like besides the books like the movies i think are more accessible wasn't true mm-hmm. blood on hbo like oh, yeah, it was very hard on <laughs> yeah, yeah like i think just in general it's easier to follow something that has less parts so like five movies four books um versus like entire tv shows but i think twilight definitely set off the entire like love for supernatural creatures and and for us seeing vampires and werewolves not as monsters but as 
you know, like you pick a team, you, you like them, you know, they become the hero in your story mm-hmm. um, versus them just being the monster in a, in a movie, like the bad guy and everything. I wonder what it was about vampires specifically that like really appealed to teenagers because there was a like a romantic obsession around vampires. Uh, Werewolves a little bit, I think stemming from Twilight and then going into Teen Wolf. But I remember with vampires specifically, it was a bunch of vampire shows were coming out after Twilight and like vampire books were all over the place. And so, I mean, I think there's always been that kind of romantic, even the original Dracula, um, he was able to lure women in. Um, and so I think there's always been a romantic vibe, but I wonder what it is that appeals to teenagers so much. Well, it, that did appeal because I don't know if there's the same appeal today. But why, why did they love vampires so much? Why did we love vampires so much? <laughs> I think it was that they promote youth. So like you, you keep your youth forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in Twilight, like Nicole was saying, like you get better when you become a vampire. Like, yeah. you know, she got her cheekbones changed. Like, you know, she got a snatch waist and like all this <laughs> stuff that, all this stuff was happening to her. And then I also think it just also just promote this being free, like, and mm-hmm. not having to, you know, listen to anyone's rules, especially as a teenager, all you do is listen to rules. And, you know, it's like, I know you don't have to tell me what to do, mom. I guess I'm a vampire. I can do what I want. Uh, and, and it also just, I guess, because uh, they also like could be considered as forbidden loves as well because mm-hmm. you know, it's so taboo to be with a vampire. Um, so I think it's like a culmination of like all of those things. Yeah, it's really taboo in society to be with a vampire for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it is it reminds me of something that edward said i think in the first book um and in the movie where he said everything about me is designed to draw you in and then i think vampires are very unique in the supernatural beings where they literally are like they are the seductive um supernatural being everything about them is supposed to lure people in they're the incubus they're the um they're the people who don't have to run after their enemies because their enemies come to them and so i think that kind of seductive quality of a vampire really had a lot of teenagers <laughs> going. <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think it really started with Interview with a Vampire, um, mm. especially because in the movie they cast Tom Cruise and P- Brad Pitt, like in Antonio Banderas. Like, if you want people to enjoy vampire, you put really hot people as vampire. <laughs> or, like, I think that it didn't, like, it kind of, like, you know, of course, trickled down into Twilight, too, but I think. The thing about Interview with a Vampire, though, is that it, it was meant to appeal to, like, adults, as mm-hmm. well as, like, people who read it. But I think we underestimated the power of teenage girls. Okay. Because Twilight, you know, when you get teenagers, especially teenage girls on board, that's when they started making all these other, like, media. Because they realized that teenage girls really like t- vampires. So mm-hmm. there's a market for that. They can sell it. So that was the difference, too, because, like, Tom Cruise and, and Brad Pitt, they weren't very young when they made that. I mean, they were still, yeah. like, in their late 20s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was meant to be teenagers, right? You're supposed to be, have, like, really young people that somebody in high school can say, oh, they're attractive, not, oh, they look like my older brother or my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, something about they hit the jackpot with, you know, Twilight and teenage girls, and then everything just went off from there, like, marketing mm-hmm. to young teenagers who find very hot actors who are very, very pale very attractive yeah you can make something about teenage girls and teenage girls are gonna love it but the backlash is gonna be extra 
extra umphy. And I think the, the backlash, like, it was like very two different camps. Like, you know, yes, we're pumping out all of these things about vampires because the purchasing power of teenage girls is off the roof and they're going to buy the things and they're going to not only buy the books and go see the movie they're going to go see multiple times they're going to buy the plushies they're going to buy the notebooks they're going to buy (laughs) whatever you (laughs) the yes the conventions they're going to buy the t-shirts they're going to do anything i feel like hot topic totally revamped their whole aesthetic based on what was happening with twilight (laughs) but then you have the you have the backlash, the making fun of the girls, making fun of that. Twilight's not dumb because it's plotless or whatever. It's dumb because teenage girls like it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. especially as someone who were perpetually on the internet at this time, there was a really big campus. Like you Harry Potter is for the smart kids who likes, you know, all this stuff and and they like friendship and, you know, they want something compelling and stuff like that. And in Twilight are just, you know, fangirls who just like pretty bodies and stuff like that. And then, and then once Harry Potter went away, that kind of got replaced with the Hunger Games. But, you know, very much just like they say about boy bands, same thing, you know, it's for girls. So it has to be dumb. It has to be stupid. It has to have, it has no substance. Even though I mean, all that money. I mean, I think it's though, it's like the two, we see the same kind of commentary on cringiness applied to rom-coms today mm-hmm. though. And I think part of that is just that it is very uh, basic and, and kind of done before in terms of storyline archetypes. And I mean, Twilight, Stephanie Meyer herself, she's come openly about that each of the books in Twilight are based on another famous novel um, mm-hmm. with Pride and Prejudice, Romeo and Juliet, Wuthering mm-hmm. Heights, and then... Um, I think Midsummer's Night Dream. Mm. Um, and so she like based the, and we've seen those storylines before, especially the Romeo and Juliet idea that the, the oh, you killed yourself, I'm gonna kill myself kind of thing. Um, and so I think anything that's gonna be very typical and very um, cringy in its basicness uh, is also gonna receive backlash because just like rom-coms, they're predictable and they're, that's not true art. Like, okay, whatever. It's enjoyable. <laughs> but I feel like that's what... But I feel like those things are catered towards women. Like, I think it, it's because they're catered towards women that they have no substance. Because if you want to tell someone Star Wars that their thing is actually formulaic, they will have a gasket. I know, yeah, that's the thing, <laughs> and, You know, when yeah. things, like, cater towards men, like, I could sit here and talk about the similarities of Martin Scorsese's films and how they're all kind of the same, but I would get backlash for that because he's an auteur. Like, because his right. stuff is geared towards white men but if you know but my thing you know romance is something that we all read because you know we're in a book club and we do generally like contemporary romances and we know there's a wide range of the of you know of that topic but because it's geared towards women it's the eye is stupid it's vapid you know all this stuff mm-hmm. well i don't really know how to segue to this very well but reboot <laughs> you know, I think there's two courses we could talk about possible reboots is will it get another one in the series? Will I mean, it's tough with the book or will we see a reimagining of Twilight? Um, so, well, let's start with the first one. Do you guys think they w- they'll make another movie in the series? I definitely do. I can see, especially because it's been 10 years since the last movie came out. Crazy. So <laughs> Crazy. It's, it's about it's about time, you know, and yeah. 
you know, if, if people are still watching the originals, if people are still talking about these actors and all those actors are now still very successful, you know, mm -hmm. Kristen Stewart's still um, very popular, whether you love her or you hate her, people still know her. Robert Pattinson has proven himself to be an actually excellent actor and got a really bad rep for the Twilight series, but he's actually very talented. Um, and so I, I feel like those actors were probably not willing to come back, but I can see them trying to explain the stories. I can see mm -hmm. Stephanie Meyer like making books about the backstories of Alice, of Jasper, of Emmett, of Rosalie, like just to learn more about the Cullens because there was interest in it and we didn't get it at the time. And so that would be a way to keep the, the original fans happy and mm -hmm. probably get those actors to come back. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that it's more likely to have side stories continue to be developed rather than a reimagining. Mm -hmm. I think it will be a continuation in the books because she just, re as, as people know, that she just did Midnight Sun, which was a reimagining of, I guess you could say a reimagining of Twilight because it was from Edward's point of view, which I do have some points that I do want to talk about, but we can talk about, I can shelf that for a little bit later but I think that I mean now with de-aging like you know you can de-age people now on you know so because that was the one thing it's vampires have a shelf life because people get older and people yeah. look older and so after a while you kind of have to stop making them because they get too old and so but now with de-aging technology maybe we can you know go back and like I know it looks a little bit uncanny valley but uh but maybe that might be a thing but I could see maybe not now but maybe another 10 years that it would be a, re a reimagining I could see like a I could see a series a Twilight series like a TV series I think I want a sequel more than I want a reimagining but I would have to say that a reimagining is more possible just because like you said like, like all the actors have aged and like Cammy said like it's going to be hard to get some of them to come back a lot of them kind of have distanced themselves from the Twilight series and really don't want any part of that anymore um you know Kristen Stewart uh, Robert Pattinson I think Taylor Lautner would be fine with coming back but even like Ashley Green like she really doesn't want to talk about it anymore um I and Ashley so and Nikki had a podcast about oh the do Twilight they effect. yeah Oh, fun. I guess I, I don't know why I thought Ashley Green. Yeah, I don't but know. But did they talk about how bad, well, not bad, but how like weird and, you know, it is. Like they're probably, yeah, I think they like commenting on how cringy it is. I don't know if they'd want to yeah. be in it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it'd be hard to get everyone back and they've aged quite a bit. They could do some de aging stuff, but people have already criticized Breaking Dawn for its terrible CGI stuff, especially the baby. Oh. Little, little resume or rest of me. Renaissance. <laughs> A little Renaissance. Oh, God. Um, and it's just a terrible CGI baby. Um, but. So I think if they were going to do the whole movie like that, they'd have to de-age all of them because all of them have aged uh, quite considerably. If they did kind of, like Cammy said, if they showed kind of some side stories or like how each of them became a vampire, they could play with the idea of makeup and clothing from another century or period clothing could make them look different enough where you think they're, oh, they just look older because they're dressed differently or look differently. Um, they could kind of play with the effects of that. Um, if they did flashback stuff, I mean, I think people are interested in seeing how Jacob and uh, what's her name? 
Renesmee. My name is Renesmee. <laughs> Jacob and Renesmee are doing, even though, like I said, in nowadays terms, that's clearly an inappropriate relationship. So it'd be tough to play that off and have people actually be supportive of it. So I think because of that, a reimagining is more likely. I don't want a reimagining though. I mean, our our Edward is is Edward, is Robert Pattinson. Our Bella is Kristen Stewart. So it's, it's going to be tough to replace those characters. And as we talked about, a lot of the storylines don't really play out now. One of us said, well, the good thing about, you know, Jacob and <laughs> I keep on, I, every time I'm like, I just want another R word comes out. That's not Renesmee. Resesame. <laughs> Resesame. Um, I don't know why she doesn't name her Carly. Like, but you know what? Like, why are you naming her after Ren- after Renee? Renee was a horrible person. Like, was not a good mother. And Esme did nothing. So, like, why are you naming after? <gasps> no. Esme did no. nothing. Esme no. did nothing. Esme did nothing. Absolutely not. Esme and did nothing. Up, she takes those werewolves oh. in into her home oh, yes, she does yes. their laundry she sets fresh clothes out for them she makes them sandwiches Esme is a good mother i will not oh, no, take no, no, that no. slander no i'm not saying that she i wasn't saying that she was a bad mother i said she did nothing what do you mean <laughs> i refuse I mean, to accept that i refuse huh? she is there she is doing everything she can she is helping bella she's helping the werewolves I will yeah. not take that slander. She doesn't even have a car. They like she didn't even get a car. Like she does like she has they no have, she has car. I'm sure she could drive any of their cars. I'm sure she yeah, could, I mean, she yes, she somewhere. could drive any of their cars, but is this like funny? Like, like when they want said, one. Well, because like, Carlisle and Yzma. Uh, what's her name? Yzma? Esme? <laughs> you don't even know her name. Yzma's Esme. from Empire's Groove or whatever. Esme. <laughs> Esme. If she wanted a car, she could have one. Her and Carlisle were equal, equals. Carlisle respected her. They were both in charge of that household. Yeah, I mean, I guess like, cause, like in the Illustrated Guide, like everyone else has like long pages and hers is like a quarter of a page. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because she's a female character. <laughs> um but anyway but i feel like what was i going with oh i'm sorry with jacob and renesmee i was gonna call her renaissance again renesmee you can do like cause he he ages he doesn't age as rapidly but he does age so you know you could do 20 years in the future because technically like you know That's i don't want it part about their relationship though right because like she won't age past a certain point Mm -hmm. i think was it 20 was it 20th birthday 27 i think so it was like somewhere around their 20s they stopped aging yeah oh no i'm saying it's creepy but that would be like the only one that you can still do with the irregular characters because like even mackenzie foy who played Mm -hmm. renesmee in the movie is old enough that she can do she can play her again and mm-hmm. because jacob ages a little bit but not like a regular human he could still play himself even if he is like 40 in real life yeah but would taylor lautner want to come back i think he would uh, he's not really doing much. well he kind of well i feel like the problem with you know twilight and stuff is like that was a rough time for all of them like because of the like the backlash and just the media press. I think some of them they're like I don't like I like to act in smaller projects because I, it takes a lot of that pressure off of me but yeah if there was a reimagining what would you get what would you guys change about the story um I, I would keep the setting yeah <laughs> the setting was gorgeous the yeah. setting was gorgeous love to see those uh yeah those views and forks I think my problem with 
Twilight is Midnight Sun. I feel like Midnight Sun contextualized a lot of the things that if I wanted to reimagine it, I can't think of it because in because like when you read Twilight, it's like okay, Edward is a seventeen-year-old boy, just you know. But in Midnight Sun, he considers himself an old man. He considers himself his experiences and stuff as being old that he's just in a 17 year old body but his mind but he's a mind of 104 so i guess is where does age like how does age where where is age truly is and i feel like all that like all my reimaginings like still be a, even if it was based in college a 20 year old being with a 104 year old i still don't i still don't like that like it's still like it still doesn't yeah. cure any of those things it's i feel yeah. like the way the only way I can think of right now anyway to get over that gigantic age gap would be like, we'll put them in college so everyone's a consenting adult. (laughs) And then if he did not become a vampire until recently. So like maybe they meet in whatever, freshman seminar. He's not a vampire yet. He dips for like a month and comes back and she's like, something's different about him, can't tell, whatever. And it's, he became a vampire, but he's still his current age. Like he hasn't been a vampire for a hundred years yet. That's- it's Wait, wouldn't that change the whole thing, thing about Twilight? Hmm? It or changes maybe- the appeal of like yeah. having like an older man with all of this experience or whatever, but you're right. Cause Midnight Sun, I thought that it was going to make me like the series more, maybe to get it from his perspective. But all it did was tell me that somebody who's 100 is still making decisions like a 17-year-old. And I did not like it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Because that way, they would truly be the same age. And she would still have that choice to make of like, if I want to be with this guy at some point, I would probably want to become a vampire too. But if he didn't choose to become a vampire, like it could be a similar decision-making process there. Yeah, but I think that also comes into another reimagining that Stephanie Myers has put out, which is Life and Death. And in that is that's the gender-bent reimagining where the vampire is the woman and the human is, is the male counterpart. And even in that one, it sucks because... He gets turned in the first book. Like, apparently, like, she does not have the strength to pull the venom out, and he becomes a vampire. Oh. Oh? Yeah, and he was okay with leaving his family and all that stuff, and it was supposed to be okay. And I'm just like, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting to see that there's, like, the kind of consideration that um, when you have a a man who's kind of in a controlling way trying to convince a woman of something that he can supersede that and he can keep her from changing because he's saying, oh, you shouldn't change. Like the, 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 the man can be in charge of the woman. But then you, when you see it flipped, you couldn't see that same role play out with the woman where she yeah. could be like, oh, you don't want to change. I'm not going to change you yet. And he'd just be like, oh, well, I guess I can't change your mind or something like that, uh, that you wouldn't see that kind of same controller and submissive with. It's interesting that they, that she changed that aspect of it just because it's now a woman and a man. It's like, that didn't have to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a lot of his, yeah, it was just like, so the James character, the same thing happens and like the same thing that happens in Twilight, but he dies. Like, like, like they couldn't do it. Like they couldn't bring him back into a human. Like, and so then also it's like, Oh, the, well, women aren't as strong as men. Yeah. And she wasn't strong enough to, to get the venom out of him without killing him. 
Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, hmm. but I think the movies are perfect. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Obviously, the, I think the biggest issue that we've talked about is the age thing. Not not only with Edward and Mella, but with Jacob and Renesme. Renesme. <laughs> um, and so I think they'd really have to change that. That would be a must change thing. But in terms of changing aesthetically other things, um, I, don't, I don't know if I'd like to see it more in college. I think that would fix the age thing a little bit, but that would also mean that we remove Charlie from playing a huge role. Um, we remove it, it, it kind of contextually making sense for everyone around them that the colons all live together. Because what now you have five college age kids or even older living with their parents I think it would be a fun of reimagining that everyone really does think that they're a cult. I think that would be that fun. That would be fun. I think yeah. that would be fun. Whereas, like, where, you know, maybe, you know, they're older or whatever. And, yeah, they just like, oh, yeah, this is a cult. And, like, and you thinking that it's a cult, but then when you, once you step into it, you realize that they're vampires. I would love, no, I would love, though, for it to be a horror take and it actually to be yeah. a cult. Because I think the problem we if it if it's like it seems like a cult and all our friends are like saying you should not join this cult like you should not get sucked into this and trying to pull her out but we see it's not that bad I think that romanticizes cults a little bit mm-hmm. and then people who are actually joining cults are like well my friends say it's not that bad but I see it for what it really is just like in Twilight <laughs> <laughs> it's like no yours is actually a cult yours is actually a cult <laughs> so Good we don't point. need to romanticize cults Good people point. are always gullible enough for those so we don't need to change we don't need to increase that but if well, it was how actually you- a cult if it was actually a horror and like people were like, uh, you're getting a little obsessed and she thinks it's fine. And then we find out it actually is a cult and people are trying to tell her that because it's almost like commentary on it's like poking fun at the obsessive nature of Twilight, what it actually is and saying, OK, let's show it where we're actually like commenting on how obsessive it is. And that's wrong that she sees it's OK. And then we kind of get wow. this where it's like it's a problem. Hmm. Well, yeah, it's like she gets the bite or whatever that she thinks is the bite. Yeah. And then you realize that no, they're just like normal people yeah. who think that they're vampires or right. whatever mm. weird blood sacrifice thing that they're doing <laughs> yeah they're like now i'm gonna give you the venom and it's like a syringe and it's like hallucinogens or something i would love like a, a it's a, making fun of itself kind of reimagining yeah. Um, that would be very interesting. I think that's the only way they could do it. If they try to replicate, it won't work. Yeah. Yeah, it could definitely be like a Midsommar where it's like, it's happy, it's perky. She, 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 you know, she thinks they're so kind and then stuff start happening and you're like, oh, <laughs> cult. Yeah. <laughs> right away. <laughs> but she's too late. She's already sucked in. She, she already gave it in her all, you know. They're making yeah. her the Mayflower queen and now it's done. <laughs> They have their charismatic leader in Carlisle. Yeah, he could be more, um, a little bit more self-righteous though. Cause I think Carlisle, he's charismatic, but he's also in Twilight. The thing that makes him different than cult leaders is he's very um, humble. He has a lot of humility and you don't see that in cult leaders. You're going to see like a more yeah. grand, uh, self-grandeur or um, narcissist. So it'd yeah. be interesting to see a Carlisle that's like that. That's very charismatic and very attractive, um, but his humility is fake. He's yeah. very actually just like trying to rope people in. Um, or or like instead of like, it could be a cult or whatever, but they are really vampires, but it could kind of be like what um, 
Jane said with the, the receptionist, like she's thinking that they're going to let her in, but really they're just going to suck her blood at the end. And they just like kind of like roped her into thinking that she's like, yeah, I'm going to become a vampire. I, you know, cut all my ties. I'm going to be with them. And then at the end, it's like, nope, she really was just a bug bag for them or whatever. And they just like, you know. Speaking of them, I'd love to see a Volturi movie. Yeah. Like that's good. something they could do as well. Cause we really barely got any of that. And I'm sure most of those actors would come back. I don't know if they could get Dakota Fanning, but I think most of those actors would come back. And, and it's so be- old. <laughs> Not to say it like that, but like they're old. Like I love Marshall. I think he's a great actor. But they were so heavily adorned with things and makeup that as long as you give him a clean shaven face and he's like an adult, I think the problem with the the, um, actors in Twilight is except for the adults in the movie, they were... They were already people in their 20s trying to play teenagers. Mm-hmm. Now you got, <laughs> you got people in their 40s trying to play teenagers yeah. or whatever. Um, and so I think with the adults, yes, Martin Sheen is older, but give him a clean shaven face, pat it with makeup like he already was because he has to be pale. <laughs> give him that crazy wig and that giant <laughs> rope. He's going to look the same <laughs> as he did in, in Twilight. And True. so that could be interesting. Um, and I, one of my favorite things about Breaking Dawn is bringing in all those other vampires and meeting all the different colorful personalities of all the, how they, all the different clans, um, and how they are all are covens or whatever they're called and all the different powers. So it'd be interesting even to see like almost an action movie because the Transylvania vampires really wanted to take over, like wanted to get back control. I'd love to see a battle, um, an actual authentic battle, um, of, of, of someone actually trying to overthrow the Volturi. But then I think it would be too much like what they're trying to do with the Fantastic Beast, and that did not work well. So hopefully they can do it better because those those Grindelwald movies were mm-mm, no. The third one was okay. I would hate to see Twilight become, and, and this is probably not. Some people are not going to like this opinion, but like you know the Shadowhunter series or all of these other like book series where you have like your main set of books that have your main characters and then in order to keep the franchise going they ended up like talking about other characters and other families other worlds other cities within the same universe and so yeah it'd be really interesting to have like a whole series on the Volturi or a whole series on like the past of other peoples or other covens within but then you run the risk of overcomplicating things to the Mm -hmm. point where like it's easy for people to lose interest Mm-hmm. like i don't know a whole lot of people who have stuck out with the shadow hunter series where they kept yeah. reading reading because you know they're like on 20 some books by now and they they're all connected right so you have to kind of know the main series in order to follow the next one and then there's a prequel and then there's a sequel to the prequel and then there's like weird timelines mm-hmm. um and i know there's other series that have done this where they're like expanding in the universe just to not let it go but then you kind of lose a lot of the authenticity of the main series. So I don't know. I feel like we have a beautiful set of problematic books. I know. Yeah. (laughs) And as much as we want to know all these stories, I think maybe like short stories that she can continue to release. Mm -hmm. But if we end up, you know, going the fantastic beast route, then you might lose some of that magic. Mm. It would just be powder more. Like, like one big critique about Pottermore, there's too much content. 
like people know, like yeah, Potter, people but it's a huge like, well actually Dumbledore's aunt from the 1700s like I don't that's I don't care that's not part of the books <laughs> it's like uh, well the the source of this part of the potion is and like I don't care that you read that article on Pottermore <laughs> it's like I'm a fan of Harry Potter just as much as anyone else is but there gets to a point where it's like too much lore too much lore Unless it's one movie, I can do one movie of like them jumping between timelines and showing like the rise and falls of different houses and stuff and all come into like how the Venturi, you know, got their power. But just one movie. Like I don't need it to be four movies. I think that's what Harry Potter yeah. got wrong. Or like a codex, you know, that like yeah. some other um, series have created like a whole book where it's just giving you backstory and other things like one source of not quite like Pottermore but just be like the history of the colors or oh, the I mean, they already have that. when it's the illustrated so guide just the illustrated guide though I think it's huge it has okay, all does the it give you actual stories or it's a just yes. like yeah this is this is Esme this is how she died this is how she became a Cullen, the Vortori, the different houses, what car they drive. I don't understand why, but like, how, tall, how tall See, they are, how how old they were when they That's too much. I mean, it's like, it's, like, like, it's like a Twilight Encyclopedia. Yeah, but then it, it misses the storytelling aspect of it. Because if it's just like, if you just Google and, you know, it's just telling you like a mini bio, then you're not yeah. really getting a lot of like mm-hmm. the emotions and the things and the actions and decisions yeah. that go into that. Like, I would want to know that. Like, I would want to have actual chapters. Yeah, not from that person's point of view. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like the history of the Cullens, but like from Emmett's point of view, like mm-hmm. him before transitioning and then from becoming yeah. a vampire. Yeah. Um, just so you get to know the characters better, you get to see their emotions and their feelings, and you know how they've grown a lot. Hopefully, um, oh, yeah. since becoming vampires. So, like a anthology series of just every. Like you said, every chapter or whatever, just one person, like maybe like a yeah. couple months or whatever before their death and then they die. <laughs> I mean, of course, every story will end with them dying because they're vampires. Yeah. But as we said, the original had so many colorful characters and, and so many characters with intriguing storylines, so many characters we can connect to. Um, so thought I thought it would be fun if we figured out... Um, what characters we were. So this is which Twilight character are you? The first question is, what is your stance on love? We got love, love, or <laughs> like, I don't know, uh, plenty of room for love, kind of a loner. I would kill for love. I think I've been in love, question mark. Secretly, I love it. I have a lot of crushes and I get super attached. So a lot of different, covering a lot of different opinions on the spectrum uh, of love. I think I'm going to put kind of a loner. Oh. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I've ever been in love. I don't think I, it literally looks like if you've never been in love, you don't know how you would be in love. So mm. I don't know. I'm going to say secretly, I love it because I love love. Like I'm such a romantic at heart. I love like love reality shows and stuff. I don't know if people would guess that about me though, in terms of how I like outwardly portray myself. (laughs) So that's, it keeps me from saying love, love, but I really do. I, I, I think it's, uh, I'm a sucker for a good romance. And, um, I, of course I watched the bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) That's really all we need to know. That's the answer. (laughs) 
I chose love, love. Okay. The married one. <laughs> the married <laughs> Love, love. Um, I also have to pick secretly. I love it because I am just pretty cynical in general, but like all of us, I love romance novels and I feel like once I have someone, I'm a little more mushy than general. So <laughs> tickly, I love it. The next one is, what about blood? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta laugh. I'm sorry. I tend to bleed a lot. I mean, I'm a woman, so I, <laughs> I want it, but I'm cool. I don't drink blood, so I guess so. Eh, it's there. Like, yum, must fight urge it doesn't bother me <laughs> i want it now ew like blood blood yeah i don't know if this question is asking if we're like vampires <laughs> i guess if we were vampires are like us wanting to eat it and i don't know if anyone would actually i mean I, there's people definitely people out there who like think they're vampires um but i don't know about that i'm gonna go with the ew like blood blood <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that was my first reaction I feel like if I was a vampire, I'd be like, I want it, but I'm cool. Like, I I only wanted, like, I'd be like, I need to drink the specialty blood. I don't know. <laughs> I need, like, you know, I'd be like a wine connoisseur with my blood. But I, I think I'm going to go with, it doesn't bother me. Because for me, it's either there or it's not. Like, I don't mind blood, but I'm not seeking it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say I tend to bleed a lot. Um I mean, outside of the fact that I'm a woman, I still, I do bleed a lot. Like if I get a cut, um, I bleed more than average. And I want a negative thing. Um, like I want, because I, I do not like uh, the sight of blood. Mm-hmm. So I want one that's like that, but I'll just do it. I tend to bleed a lot. Makes sense. You probably won't get Bella because one thing that girl could do is bleed. bleed. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> A paper cut, dripping blood. No, she gets a. Pa- well, I know the paper cut already, but then she gets thrown against the wall. Yeah, which is, like made it way worse. And you're telling me that's the first time she's ever gotten a paper cut at at, at their house. Right. It's the first time she's ever bled at their house. They have to have a protocol for that by that point. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> All right. Next question. People call you sporty, charming, a homebody, helpful mysterious passionate reserved annoying or energetic is this people call you or i am people call <laughs> you so, i guess you're rising versus your sun sign uh, people call me annoying so <laughs> Who calls you annoying? i've been called annoying a lot in my life i accept it um I, I'm torn between a homebody and energetic. I'm not energetic in like a workout kind of mode, but I'm like energetic because I'm perky. Um, mm-hmm. I get excited a lot, but I am also a very much a homebody. People be like, oh, we're tired. Sleep in her bed. That's exactly what she is. <laughs> I choose energetic for you, I feel like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You sure. guys would know because as you guys talk to me once a week. <laughs> oh, wait, since this is people call you, what would y'all call me? <laughs> I'm <laughs> helpful charming either yet yeah, either charming or helpful or passionate i was thinking helpful yeah okay i'll choose that well what would you guys say about me mysterious yes yeah. oh my God. <laughs> 
does not disclose much. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> no, okay. As someone, she says this now, but this girl is a connoisseur of true crime. Like, if that does not scream mysterious to you, I don't know. Like, yeah. All right, y'all. What is your favorite kind of meat? Chicken, boar, beef, turkey, pork, deer, humans. I don't eat meat. I don't know. Um, lamb on here, <laughs> right? Mm. I would. I love a good lamb or fish. Fish isn't fish is meat, right? Like I feel like fish yeah. is of flesh. Yeah. Where's fish? Shellfish. Not bloody enough. Not know? bloody enough. <laughs> Probably it. The reason. No, but it gets really bloody. You just if you gotta skin it yourself, you know. As someone who fished before, do fish bleed? Yeah. Do they? <laughs> I think they do, just probably not as much as everything else. Yeah, like, cause you literally have to bleed your fish, like you let it drain so you can skin, so you can scale it. Is that not just like the water and like? But why is it red? Is, that, is it blood? Rachel, it there's red? blood. Yeah, it's blood. <laughs> I just don't know. They have veins and everything. I don't know about that, but they do bleed. It does turn red. If they don't have veins. Hand. Where's their blood? Rachel, were you know. making fish? Is that what like the argument is about? Oh, no, I, I just, I just, just need, I feel the need to argue. Like to argue. <laughs> they just like to even argue. Even if I, even if I have no knowledge of, I've never cleaned a fish. I've never seen one. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about clean fish. Even even like, I don't know anything about it. I will die on the hill of the stupidest one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why people call me annoying. <laughs> I'm gonna choose beef because I love a good steak, but <laughs> I wish I did was fish was on here. I would have picked fish if fish was here, but I'll choose beef. I'm gonna go with chicken. Well, I was a vegetarian for eight years, so I used to not have an answer to this question. But in the past year, I have grown a very nice taste for pork, especially pulled pork. You do love pork. <laughs> I, I also tuna like beef. Was on there. Tuna would be good. I'm also picking beef, like naked steak. Where's the beef? You guys remember that? For Wendy's, yeah. yeah. The old lady. <laughs> Next question. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Extreme compassion? That was Esme. That was like, Esme is extreme uh, compassion. Reading minds, magic shield, turning into an animal, manipulating emotions, seeing the future. I want it all. Wait, I need more time to choose. And nah, I'm cool. I'm gonna say nah, I'm cool because I don't want any of those. Hmm. Seeing the future could be cool. Mm-hmm. That's the one I'm leaning towards. Either that or I want it all. Like, I mean, if it's a choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm torn between magic shield because to me, like, as long as none of that shit works on me, that I'm cool. Mm. Um, but I like manipulating emotions, but not in the weird Jasper way. But you know how I don't know if y'all ever watched a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and that like gun that they shoot that like makes somebody else see your point of view and like mm. feel like your emotions. Like mm. I feel like that be the most like amazing way to make people see things from your point of view, mm-hmm. and that kind of manipulates other people's like emotions because you're kind of like imposing your feelings on somebody else hmm. um but if it's in the twilight sense then that's kind of cringe um well, and you so can be like I jane think, and just give them pain 
she's a bitch. Um, I think I'm going to go with magic shield because I just want to be immune. Nice. Yes. Protect yourself and your secrets because you're mysterious. (laughs) I actually, I think I'm going to choose wait. I need more time to choose because I just remember that I'm super indecisive. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's my go. Um, It is which one is the coolest instrument. So coolest guitar, cello, banjo i don't know who put banjo in here piano flute drums saxophone fiddle the voice duh i'm gonna have to say guitar i think the saxophone is a little it's a little sexy (laughs) i think it plays i'm between guitar and drums i guess i'll go with drums we'll see yay (laughs) i'm gonna say piano y'all i just like the dexterity, obviously all of them are part of an insane amount of dexterity, but like that's a lot of territory to cover with 10 fingers and some people just make it look amazing. So as someone who tried to learn and was not very successful, I'm going to say piano. <laughs> all right. Next question. What's your favorite body part? Ooh. The back. <laughs> Hands. Hair, smile. These are okay. Smile's not a body part, right? Because <laughs> I didn't want to say mouth because that sounded weird. And but, yeah. back doesn't. <laughs> no, I mean I don't like backs, but people think like like looking at people's like backs, like muscled. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. All right. Smile. Buzzfeed's words, not mine. Skin. Abs feet eyes <laughs> or weird question dot dot, dot. <laughs> i'm gonna say skin only because i like i don't know why but like i like people like natural scent like mm. i don't know I, I tend to like not smell people like weirdly but like <laughs> but like, when people just smell like soap mm-hmm. i don't know it's just it's I don't know. Like, I feel like all the other stuff is like, eh. but like, if you could smell good, I feel like all of that, I don't really, hmm. you know what I mean? A good okay. smell, especially a natural scent. I'm gonna have to say eyes. It's what I notice like, m- like most in people. And it's like the eyes that I like remember the most. So I guess I'm an eyes person. Hmm. Nicole's <laughs> thinking about this really hard. You can put weird questions, dot, dot, dot. I might have to. You don't like a good strong back. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I actually like legs. Nice Ooh, legs. Oh yeah. That's not on here. So that's not Bafitas. Oh gross. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, I refuse to put uh, <laughs> I know that is a growing yet. business, but still. I wonder which um, character feet connects to. Like who <laughs> which character had a foot fetish in the book? Hmm. I'll go with hands. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with hair. Ooh, mm-hmm. good choice. Yeah, you notice good hair like oh, right yeah. away. Yeah, for sure. And it says a lot about self care too when you see people's yes. hair. All right, finally, what is your opinion on vampires? I want to be one. They're not all demonic. Monsters, <laughs> gross, burdens, powerful, or friends. Yay, like hot ones question mark? <laughs> and wait what question mark 
<laughs> so again, a wide spectrum, just like the blood question. <laughs> hmm. I don't like vampires. They're like my least favorite monster. So I'm going to call them burdens. Wow. I'm going to go with they're not all demonic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say powerful because I truly feel like the way that vampires are often described, they're like the Superman of of those supernatural monsters. Like a lot of supernatural monsters have like kind of one or two things, but like vampires are like strong, immortal, fast, like bulletproof skin. Like they've got everything going for them. So I think they're typically some of the most terrifying. Um, I'm going to say I want to be one. Of course you do. <laughs> Mysterious. <laughs> Not because I want to live forever, but because feeling like you have a limited amount of time to do everything you want to do is one of mm. my biggest fears. And so yeah. to know that I have unlimited amount of time to do everything. Yeah. It's very attractive to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can learn all the languages. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have. Yeah. You never have to stress about like milestones and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can travel everywhere. You don't have to sleep. But everyone you love will die and you will not. You would be alone for a long time. But there's kind of a relativity to that, though. Mm-hmm. I think we imagine that as, like, terrifying and sad because, like, we have such this small time frame that everything, everyone we know has encompassed that entire time frame. Mm-hmm. But I think when you're a vampire, it's like everyone you know will die. You know everyone for such a short time in your long existence. That's true. Like your relationships become less meaningful, which I guess in itself is kind of bad. It's, like, lonely, but... I don't think that's as but sad you, for vampires as it is for like us. But you ideally also get to be there for their entire life. Cause one yes. of the other things is like, mm-hmm. you think of somebody else's life in relation to your own. So if you die before them or if they die before you, like you think of like how much you get to spend with them. But ideally mm-hmm. also if you're immortal, it means that you could get to spend your whole life or get to be there, their whole life there with them. So that could include your parents, your grandparents, your kids or whatever, mm-hmm. like, in that moment you get to be there for their entire life which is kind of ideal right Mm -hmm. because you want to be there to support them and you don't want to think about your own mortality when worrying about somebody else true you guys are convincing me i just don't like vampires (laughs) (laughs) all right let's see our results all right oh yay oh man so freaking jealous yes we got the dads oh, oh we yeah. got the dads wow and so, cammy and i got bella swan <laughs> who's that brooding in the corner <laughs> so i'll go ahead and read so i'll read the bella swan description for me and cammy it says who's that brooding in the corner yep that's you bella swan you're certainly mysterious but there's a depth there that others pick up on. Everyone wants you. Yeah. Perhaps because you're so low key and secure with yourself. (laughs) I mean, there are worse things in life than having a vampire and a werewolf fighting over you. When they word it like that, how could you uh, argue, you know? At least they didn't say like, you're bland. You have no personality. You're obsessed with everyone. (laughs) You're clear to be supposed to be so smart, but you couldn't pick up on random things. (laughs) Your boyfriend that you clearly was in love with. You're incredibly dependent, you know, because that's like, that's what I think of Bella. Yeah. So yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that. It's not who I wanted or who I wanted to, you know, expected to get, but I'm not mad at it. I got um, 
Big Daddy Charlie. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Not Big Daddy. Um, I think this this isn't me. Like I like going back in the the quiz. I know exactly how I got here, but this isn't me though. But like, hey Charlie, you're a cool dude. Just keep being your adorable, oblivious selves. Also, your daughter is now a vampire, and your granddaughter is growing at the speed of life. Shouldn't you notice that? <laughs> <laughs> Wow! so like i mean i feel like this quiz was made before people realized that charlie is actually the only hero of this movie (laughs) Um, and carlisle and i think you called him adorable yeah i think (laughs) i don't think i'm oblivious though i i think i pick things i think i i'm absent-minded but i'm not oblivious. like i i i do understand things i think just from growing up in cities you know, you got to keep that 360 awareness at all times. But I am absent-minded. But Charlie is not absent-minded. But I do like doing some type of routines. I like to stay home. So I am a homebody. So I guess I am a little bit like Charlie. Even though I didn't pick homebody. But I do think that is, you know, too. I love a good steak. And Charlie loves a good steak. <laughs> or a burger. I love a good burger. Um, So I can see myself being Charlie. I just, Yeah. And I also don't like vampires. So look, uh, I'm Team Jacob and Charlie was also Team Jacob. So you know what? (laughs) I'm I'm convincing myself that yes, this is true. It's weird that they say that he's oblivious and didn't notice things. Cause I would say that he's very, as for someone who is not told about like the vampire stuff, he's very aware that like Bella is acting strange Mm -hmm. and he's like very much trying to like figure out what that's all about. And like, he's not letting that go under the radar when she's like, oh, I'm sick and I have to go to Sweden. He's like, no, you've got to come home right now. Like he is, right. he knows something is wrong. Well, he's like, I'm and coming then, to you. And then the, your, your granddaughter's growing at the speed of life. Shouldn't you notice that? He does notice that something's up right away. Even the yeah. story they make of her being nice, he noticed that she, he, she has his eyes and like Bella's eyes. Like mm. he notices that stuff. He's just like not told the actual thing. And he's honestly like, he's kind of like, okay, I need to know basis. So it's like, yeah. it's not that he's oblivious. It's I, I'm upset that they described it in that way. <laughs> it's also weird because he's the police chief. Like the one thing you shouldn't be is oblivious when you're a police chief, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> is it, the only thing, yeah, is, like you said, the only reason why he seems oblivious is because he doesn't know about the supernatural. So when he was looking for, but that's not his fault. Yeah, when yeah. he's looking for animal attacks and bear attacks, like that's not, he was thinking of human things that will do this type of damage. Like he doesn't know it was a, a a vampire or people who try and pretend that it were werewolves. Like, he doesn't know that. Well, I got Carlisle. Yes! <laughs> and son's always there with a helping hand, always there with just the right thing to say. You must be Carlisle Cullen. You've been, quote unquote, alive for centuries, and your intellect reflects that. No one knows more about everything than you. Wow. (laughs) People are constantly asking you for help because on top of having the brain of a genius, you have a heart of gold. I mean, that is a glowing. I mean, you did, what, skip a grade? You um, have your master's. These are facts. (laughs) You, you know, do things. We all do come for your help. You only, you only, you you convince us to do stuff. We're like, yeah. You give very good advice, and I yeah. would say you 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 do have a heart of gold. 
Oh, thank you. And also you as an old soul as well. Uh, so just final yay or nay. Uh, do we want it, just any type of reboot? Do we want to see more from the Twilight franchise? Are we interested in that? Yay or nay? Yay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say nay. Mm, okay. I'm going to live in the past. No, yeah, that's something it's very hard to, um, especially since it's been so long to picture adding on to or kind of doing anything to tarnish what it was when it's something that's so close to our hearts from teenage years. Um, so I understand that. I think I'm on the fence. I, maybe I'm leaning a little more towards yay because I feel like there's more they can do with it. I don't know if I want it to be attached to necessarily the immediate story, but there's some stuff they could do with the world and I'd be interested to see. So I'll just say yay because of that. But I kind of feel that nay a little bit. I kind of want to preserve it. <laughs> I guess because I'm looking at like specifically like I would like either a, a TV series or a book. I don't think I want another movie, especially if they're not doing the core people. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. Well, before we leave um, today, before we sign off, is there anything that y'all want to plug? I will plug um, my website and Instagram, which is dreamsdepicted.co. If you need any graphic design services or custom illustration work, you can find me there. Very cool. And we will link that listeners down in the description of the show. Go vote. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, yeah. probably the big plug. Um, please make sure to vote this November. I think some of the recent... Um, Supreme Court rulings just show the importance of your local elections and making sure that your voice is being heard. Hell yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. And uh, listeners, go rewatch Twilight. It's always good every time. It's just you can't help but I love it. Pour a glass of wine if you're over 21. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think 5% of our listeners are under 21. So, oh, wow. So y'all, you know, get yourself a juice box. <laughs> juice box. Um, but next week we have Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yes. Which um, is interesting because it has a very, unlike the other reboots that kind of took the same thing the reboot is very different or reimagining is very different from the original yeah so listeners tune in uh for that and we'll see you then